Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. It's Ryan and Audrey with you. We're just over two weeks away from the Singapore budget, which will be delivered by Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Lawrence Wong in Parliament on the 16th of February. Yes, and there has been clear indication that the government must fund a social transformation. Now, that's following the Forward Singapore report launched by the country's 4G leaders in November last year. Seven key policy shifts in areas such as education, jobs and support for families were set out by the report. And while some of those shifts are underway, the 4G leadership team has said that details of other initiatives will be announced in the upcoming budget. Ahead of that, we're joined in the studio this morning by Liang Enghua. He is the MP of Bukit Panjang SMC and chairperson of the Government Parliamentary Committee for Finance and Trade and Industry. Welcome to the studio, Mr. Liang. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Good morning. And we also have with us Yoan Ling, MP of Pasaris Pongol GRC and Director of USME and the Women and Family Unit at NTUC. She's also a member of the Government Parliamentary Committee for Manpower and Transport. You sound very busy. Good morning, Yuan Ling. Thank you for joining us in the studio this morning. Good morning, Audrey. Yeah, thank you for taking time off your busy schedule to join us. So let's start with Mr. Liang first. In past budgets, we've seen special payouts and vouchers being dished out both for individuals as well as businesses right now the cost of living seems to be at the top of everyone's mind so alongside inflation pressures and the recent tax hike are these some of the key concerns you're hearing from your residents as well and how do you hope those issues will be addressed in this year's budget yes indeed uh, the cost of living continues to be foremost on the mind of uh, my residents and uh, singaporeans at large and prices are likely to still stay elevated you know looking at the global situations where the conflict and the wars in ukraine and then the middle east that's likely to keep the oil prices elevated for a while and uh, we also are now very concerned about what has happening at the red sea the situation there you know the shipping will take longer and cost more so all this will eventually be felt through the prices especially in the case of Singapore where we import almost everything that we consume. So that, that is really clearly a concern on the ground. Uh, the government has done quite a fair bit over the last few years, uh, including some off-budget measures to support. And I would expect this current budget to see uh, this continue heavy doses of support there to help households, to help businesses. Uh, it's helpful with all these payouts to families because uh, what it does is to it put monies into the families, into the household. Uh, whether it's uh, you know, the cash vouchers or the CDC vouchers or the SNCs rebate, USAFE and so on. This helps to provide that disposable cash that a household can use to cope with the cost of living. So I think that will be a, still a major piece in this year's budget, although that would not be the only piece, uh, but we have to deal with uh, both short-term as well as medium to long-term issue as well. All right, Wan Ling, let's get you into the conversation as well. What is your 2024 budget wish list looking like? Well, Audrey, I, I don't think it's going to be a surprise. Uh, it's something that I've been talking about for the whole entire year over in Parliament. Caregiving, besides cost of living, remains top of mind for many, many of our residents over in Pongol. But beyond that too, the NTUC actually concluded a year-long exercise in speaking with our workers, 42,000 of them, and caregiving was right up there. Mm. Um, I think broader support needs to be given to them. And I think this has to do with not just about leave, the broadening of leave types for caregiving. But I would say too, flexible work arrangements is something that is very important. And of course, another portion, it's the 
a larger ecosystem for support for caregivers. You know, a lot of us depend on our helpers, but, you know, as cost of living comes out to what are we doing to help protect our employers when, for instance, medical costs goes up. So I think these are some of the things that we need to be looking at. Beyond this as well, I think there's another component uh, to flexible work arrangements or helping our workers uh, as well as our residents with cost of living. Um, well, it's really our companies, our employers, in particular SMEs. I think more help needs to be given to them as cost of business goes up. And also at the same time, right, with the many types of new initiatives that we're looking at, flexible work arrangements is one. Um, Anti-workplace harassment is another one. What are we doing to help our SMEs when it comes to controlling the cost of business. And of course, the last one on my wish list is doing more for our self-employed. I think we need to be looking at better protection, better representation for them. And I hope that this will be something that's going to be brought up over at Budget. Yeah, Wan Ling, you touched on the key issue of health and caregiving right there. You know, pertinent points given that active aging is also a key area noted in the Forward Singapore report. Mr. Liang, over to you now. We know that you recently underwent some radiotherapy treatment for nose cancer, and we hope that you're recovering well. Um, could you perhaps help us understand the challenges surrounding finances when it comes to dealing with a chronic illness? Or if you have to care for an elderly loved one in that context, you know, which pain points do you think could be given a boost? Well, thank you. Uh, fortunately, the treatment was effective and I'm very much now back to normal. <laughs> Indeed, during the, the treatment period, I, I got to meet quite a number of cancer patients as well. Uh, they were together at the hospital, and including one that lives in my constituency, just coincidental. And I can fully understand the, the cost concerns that they all felt, uh, both the patient and the family. You know, in our case, in our system, uh, though the bulk of the medical costs are subsidised and there are also, you know, insurance coverage, the claims that you can make, uh, there's still a significant out-of-pocket cost when, whenever you have a chronic illness. Uh, and then this could be incidental expenses like, you know, how to get some of these items that help you manage the side effects, uh, certain special food that you need to eat and, and, and also, you know, some, to some transport costs, a major item as well because the mobility and, and so on. And then some of those who are self-employed uh, will also have their income uh, impacted because of their illnesses. So I think we, we need uh, more whole of the system, whole of society support, uh, and including at the local community level. Uh, so such as Comcare, uh, emergency relief, the local assistance schemes that, that, that are all important to help family cope with such situations. So we need to keep reviewing such schemes because medical costs do go up uh, and look at how we can continue to increase the payout and also uh, lower the eligibility criteria because that could be a block, a barrier to some of families, you know. So we, we uh, in, in my constituency, we do look at all these schemes very sympathetically. We uh, also enhance some of these schemes with some contributions. Uh, but overall, I think we should continue to encourage Singaporeans to improve uh, their insurance coverage where they can. Uh, and then schemes like Cash You Life, for example, are important for seniors, you know, we, we need, where they can provide them the basic financial support or any event of any severe disability. So these are all important important pieces that must be put in place so that uh, there's better financial security to deal with chronic illnesses. Yeah, important pieces. Now, talking about support, one thing, the labour movement makes several key recommendations which are mm-hmm. considered in the 
forward SG exercise <coughs> when it comes to helping various segments of workers such as those in mid-career as well as those who are retrenched. What additional support do you think is needed? Well, Ryan, you know, that there's something that a lot of people don't know, but there's actually 260,000 women of economic age who are not in the workforce now. And I think, right, we need to find ways to help bring them back to the workforce if they so intend to do so. I think it's important for us to create opportunities for work bring in flexible work because many of these women, the reason why they're not working is because they're caregivers. And, you know, horrifyingly, uh, through some of our surveys, we found that a lot of them were also busy with housework. So some of the men out there would be good to help your women. <laughs> but in any case, I do think that there has been some early successes with job programs such as the CU Back at Work program or the CUP program. This was something that was introduced by the NTUC Women and Family Unit. And it's seen good success, early success. And I hope that more can be done to help us, you you know, in this area of uh, giving more resources to programs such as this, this can be localized programs as well within the constituency uh, because a lot of caregivers kind of need to work around where they stay. So I do think that more can be done to help on the job front. But also beyond that, for some of our senior workers, I know many of our senior workers are still very active and they do kind of want to have a second spring in the jobs that they do. And I do think, right, that it's important for us to have a better dialogue with them, understand what are the things that they want. We do know that flexible work is also something important for them. They kind of want to balance out or have harmony between their new second job as well as, you know, family. But beyond that, what are some of the other things that they might be interested in? Could it be a different type of job role? Could it be even a different industry? And what are we doing in that whole redesign process and the re-employment process to get them suitably engaged? Well, in a very dignified and happy way in a second career. Yes, Wan Ling. To your point, dialogue is really key to find out what's important to people. Uh, Mr. Liang, over to you. Forward SG lays out the roadmap for an evolving Singapore dream, right? You've been serving as an elected member of parliament for 18 years now. What do you make of this transformation or how our values have somewhat matured? And what policy shifts you think can help Singaporeans move closer towards a society that truly encapsulates chasing meaning more than material success? Well, well, I'm very happy with the For Singapore exercise and the whole presentation of what the vision should be like. Uh, it moves us towards a society that is uh, more uh, enduring, more about us rather than me, only me, and also harnessing the power of the we, you know, the collective we. So as a small island, little red dot, we have no choice but to always have to stay competitive. In the global marketplace, you know, we have to be able to sell to the consumers of the world. And so there's always competition and so that we can earn our keeps. Uh, and what it means is that Singaporeans will always have to face competitive pressures uh, and stresses because of where we are, how we are, you know. And in the process, there will be some who, like what the situation in employment now, some will get displaced uh, because of industry changes, because of technological changes and so on. So as a society, we must provide that safety net to Singaporeans so that they can feel that other Singaporeans have their back as well. And, uh, you know, when they are down, you know, we help them and then we proactively help them to do skill upgrading to stay employable. So I thought the whole for Singapore, the piece came out very well as in like, you know, we want a society where we all chip in to help each other and then always get ready for the next wave of competition that's to come. Uh, and what comes up also is, you know, from the for Singapore we want to be, a, a, you know, a society to have better well-being, unique economic progress, of course. 
But to have economic progress, you also need to have uh, good social well-being. So it's all intertwined. So you need to build both economic capital and social capital together. Uh, something that I felt it was very well articulated in this uh, the Forward Singapore vision. Yeah, a key part to that is nurturing the next generation, wanting your part of the next generation of leaders, which will hopefully steer <laughs> Singapore through uncertain times in the context of nurturing the next generation. What kind of support measures do you hope to see at the upcoming budget? Well, you know, I've been uh, talking to a lot of the youth, of course, at the NTUC and over at Pongo, and I think a couple of things, you know, are quite big. It's no surprise, actually, for all of the youth, even when we were younger, having good jobs, good opportunities is actually right on top of their list of priorities. And I think it's important for us to continue to develop the economy well so that our youth have opportunities, not only in Singapore, but I think for overseas students as well. I benefited from, you know, years of, of, of working overseas. It gave me a different perspective. And I think that's important for our youth to have that kind of opportunities. I do hope that the budget will talk a little bit more about helping out with starter kids, career starter kids, helping out with mentorships, and even, I would say, you know, placements are both for really good jobs in Singapore as well as overseas. Beyond that itself, I think many of our youths are also choosing to be freelancers. And what kind of um, protection are we affording to this new, rather new type of worker class? Um, I do think it's important for our youths to continue to be able to be fluid, to come in and out of industries, in and out of different types of job opportunities, and therefore upskilling uh, with also be quite important. And finally, I think um, something that cannot be understated is actually mental wellness. The world out there is a lot more complicated than the one that I grew up in. And I do think that um, it is important for us to put in additional protections. Online protection from online harms is a very, very big issue that we need to be tackling with. But beyond that itself, what are some of the localized programs that we can have for youth mental wellness? I hope that more resources can be channeled towards this. Well, some great insights into the priorities and perspectives of Singaporeans during changing times. We've been speaking with members of Parliament Liang Inghua and Yeo Wan Ling about their wish lists and hopes for the Singapore Budget 2024, which will be delivered by Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Lawrence Wong in Parliament on 16th of February. Thank you both, Mr. Liang and Wan Ling, for joining us on Breakfast. It was so lovely chatting with you. Thank Thank you. you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.